Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag BYU. Experience is the biggest factor. In your third year, the game slows down. And I think the other big part of it is the players around him are all playing at a really high level. And most of the guys that are playing significant snaps for us are in their third year in this offense. And it's starting to show. You know, we got guys that are playing fast. There's not a lot of thinking going on. They're just just, uh, out there executing their job. And in the past, you know, I mean, sometimes Zach would do young things and sometimes the guys around him would do young things which would force him into situations where he's scrambling around doing something maybe that we hadn't planned on so far after two games we're executing well as a team and that's making his job a lot easier you know our our offensive line's playing great our receivers have really stepped up our tight ends backs everybody's just doing their jobs and makes it a lot easier to play quarterback that's Aaron Roderick right there, BYU assistant coach, talking about a veteran offense. Zach Wilson is good. The people around him are good. So that's why you get 50 points a game. Can they light up Louisiana Tech tonight? They're favored by 24 points, give or take a little bit wherever you look, but uh, certainly more than three touchdowns. So you got that game. And PK, if that game's not enough for you, the Boise State game that we suspected would probably happen is now definitely going to happen. It's on for November 7th. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. I wrote about it. I said, game on, book it. So you say probably that's you, but it was 100% they were going to. Now it's a question of whether they can actually play it, which obviously we hope they can. Do you think they're going to add San Diego State in December because the Mountain West put the schedule out and San Diego State's got an open week? Or does Tom roll the dice and see if he can get something even better? Well, there's really no need to decide that right now. I mean, that's uh, something that... uh, see what's out there uh, in the next few weeks. But, uh, yeah, sure, why, why not? If, if, if it's available, I'd get an extra game, make some more money. Uh, I assume it would be played down in San Diego that time of year. You stand to have better weather, but you never really know for sure. I guess it would depend on... Uh, well, the game would be in Carson, let's be clear. Yeah, the game, well, the, you're right. The game would be in Carson. That's, That's where the, the same thing. The same, it's still the weather will be better. Um, yes. But then whose TV deal is getting fulfilled, so there's a little money on the line there. And then if they cut a deal for that game, is it really going to be part of a home-and-home and and who needs a home game to balance a future schedule? So Tom can figure all of that out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Plenty of college football games, Big Ten, SEC, a second week of conference games there. Texas narrowly escaped 15 points in the last three minutes to win at Texas Tech, and then they won it in overtime. So, was that a bizarro game? Because it's Texas Tech, and sometimes you play bizarro games. Or is that Texas defense flawed? And can TCU handle them? Oklahoma's already got a loss. They're trying to bounce back against Iowa State. What do you expect out of the uh, the Big 12 this weekend? Uh, a bunch of high scores, man. That's uh, that's what they've been for several years. Why would it stop now? In the SEC, Florida, can they throw another half dozen touchdown passes? Third-ranked Florida's facing uh, South Carolina. Uh, Texas A&M is facing Alabama. They're both ranked. A&M's always supposed to be pretty good. And then Bama usually beats them, so. 
Number one, Clemson facing Virginia. Bronco, got any hopes of an upset there? Clemson's just lapping the field in the ACC. Well, I wouldn't think they would be able to upset him, but I'll try to watch some of that game. Bronco, see how long his beard is. His man bun, does he have a mullet? This guy, it's just a brand new guy back there. Let's be clear, the the man bun was a Photoshop. I I know it was, but so what? He has (laughs) a beard. He does have a beard. Yeah, I'm going to root for Virginia. Sure, why not? I mean, I, I know guys on that staff. I like guys on that staff. And I'm paying a plate there. I've known him for years. I've known the family for a long time. I'm what we always say, we root for people. And it would throw uh, college football upside down. I mean, i got nothing against Clemson. I've got no problem with Clemson. There's really no college football program, you know, bad nationally, that except for Ohio State, that I root against. So I'm, I'm fine with them. Uh, Navy and Air Force. CBS Sports, 6 p.m., chance to see a Mountain West Conference team. Uh, Air Force has lost their starting quarterback. They're out some key defenders as well. How good are they? Utah State fans, you can check that one out because you'll be playing Air Force later. So, you got that. And, of course, BOU fans, you can check it out and see, hey, is Navy really pretty good? Can they put some, uh, can they put some wins together here? Well, I think they're definitely better than 55-3. I'd agree with that. Mountain West Conference schedule is out. Air Force is playing six conference games. They're not playing Boise State because they're playing uh, Army. And they're not playing San Diego State on that final weekend because they got tests and they don't want to play. Although maybe it's more if they don't want to play than testing, but whatever. That's just, So they're not playing. So other than that, the schedule's uh, pretty sta- straightforward. For the uh, Even though they're not going to have divisions this year, they're going to play as one conference, and the top two teams are going to go to the championship game, just first place versus second place. Air Force, or Air Force, uh, Utah State is still playing their divisional opponents and then what we would in a normal year consider crossover opponents are San Diego State, Fresno State, and Nevada. So there is the schedule for the Aggies. And uh, talking to Aggies, it sounds like they're expecting a 500 year off of that schedule. So we'll see. You're talking to Aggies? Yeah, for you. We had Kevin White on the show and I talked to Scott Gerard. So there you go. There's two Aggies. And obviously we had the athletic. Two Aggies talk to DJ. That's three. There's got to be a joke there somewhere. Probably. Stanford losing a defensive back in a good one. Paulson Adebo opting out of his 2020 season, focusing on preparing for the NFL draft. All Pac-12 twice, and now headed to the NFL. I'm out. I I just wonder how much in a quote-unquote normal year, how much is this going to become the new normal? For, you know, first and maybe second round picks. Guys who really established themselves in the first two years. You can say, why do I want to get hurt in the third year? Have my draft value go down. It started with missing a bowl game, and it's spreading. Well, if they redshirt, it would only be, why do I want to get hurt in the second year, then? If you're if you're that dominant, yeah, you establish yourself that well. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Rippon takes a shotgun snap, throws end zone. Touchdown, Tim Patrick. What a throw by Brett Rippon. His best throw of the game thus far. A touchdown strike of seven yards. It is now 23-16 Denver. Melvin Gordon breaks the tackle, and here he gets a block from Brett Rippon down the sideline. 25-20, 15-10, five touchdown Denver. How about that? 
The Broncos win their first game of the year. They're 1-3. The Jets fall to 0-4 after a 37-28 win. Tim Patrick, the former Ute, six catches, 113 yards, a touchdown. You're there. Had a couple of long catches late in the game that were really big after Denver blew the lead. They had a 40-yarder, and uh, he helps them win. And Brett Rippon, the former Boise State quarterback, he made big plays for both teams. A couple touchdown passes, overcome the three picks, including a, a pick six and a pick right after that that... Right when it looked like Denver was taking control of the game, he gave away 10 points, but they came back and won it anyway. Great. Big games this weekend. Looking forward to the Patriots-Chiefs game. See how good New England is. Kansas City has had a, a close call yeah. or two this year. See if they can get them. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Sure. Bills and Raiders is a good game that we won't be seeing here because it happens at the same time on the same network. That's unfortunate that those games weren't offset. Bills are three and zero, looking good. Raiders are two and one. You can get the uh, package. You can see them all. You'll there you go. The, you'll hear the Raiders game here on the zone. That is true. You will hear the Raiders game here on the zone all year long. The Saints got to win the uh, first week. They beat the Bucks, but now the Bucks have uh, won a couple, and the Saints have lost a couple. So, if you're following that, how's that going to play out? The uh, Bucks are playing the Chargers, and so they got a chance to go to three and one here. Tom Brady and the Bucks could be getting their feet under themselves after losing that opener in the Superdome. PK. Yeah, Saints. You know, slow start here, so they got to get going a little bit too. They're at Detroit. They have suffered the back-to-back losses. Uh, yeah. Other undefeated teams: the uh, the always popular. Green Bay Packers of the Monday night game. So you got to wait for them. Atlanta and Green Bay. Uh, Packers off to a uh, to a 3 and 0 start. Now, uh, the Bears are off to a 3 and 0 start and have changed quarterbacks. That's an unusual story. They got the uh, they got the Colts this weekend. So. And how long before you pick the Seahawks? How much more do they have to do? Or does their defense have to do something? They're at Miami. Pick them for what? Go to the Super Bowl. Win the division. I picked them before the season. I picked them when they were 0-0. I told you Russell Wilson was going to be the MVP, and I was going with Seattle. At Miami to go Seattle and the Chiefs were... Oh, easily. 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, rack them up. Dolphins, Vikings, Cardinals, 4-5, 6-0. 9-7-0. the Bills, that could be an enormous game. All right, there is the N... (laughs) There is the NFL... Uh, and for you Niner fans, it's Eagles and Niners in the Sunday Night Football game. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Best teacher in life experience, and I've played against great coaches throughout my whole career. And they've all have helped me get to this point where I am today, to a point where I have no weakness, um, offensively or defensively. Doesn't mean that the ball goes in all the time, but there's nothing that out on the floor that I, I cannot do. Um, at this point in my career, and, and that's all because of the competition and the adversity and the losses and everything I've been through throughout the course of my career. LeBron's got no weaknesses. That's an awesome place to be in. And you can just sit there and say it and figure it Nobody can rein me in anyway. Doesn't matter. There'll be no payback. I'm that good. Hey, I sort of lost interest into this theme with the uh, two guys, Drogic and Adebayo, going to be out and they probably weren't going to win anyway, but now with these two guys being out, uh, I don't know that I'm going to spend a whole lot of time on this game. 
Well, there's so much sports on every single night. You just can pick the best competition, the best game, the best. And tonight, obviously, we're going to be watching the well, BYU football game. So Tonight's BYU. Tonight's yeah. work. It's not about the best. It's about work. And Sunday night, there'll be playoff baseball and Sunday night football for game three. So, Former Clippers coach, well, that's why he agreed to part ways with the Clippers so quickly. He had the Sixers halfway in the bag. Now it's sewn up. Doc Rivers is moving to Philadelphia. He's got a five-year deal to coach the Sixers. That took 72 hours after he parted ways with the Clippers. Three days later, boom, he's got another job. So you think that was rearranged, prearranged? He had an idea. I don't think it was locked up, but I think he had a pretty good idea. Oh, I don't have. I have no idea whether he had an idea. Whenever it happens that quickly, that's always what I assume. There was some heads up and behind the scenes conversation. Maybe a third party, or but there was something. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving said the Brooklyn Nets coaching situation will be a collaborative effort, not a top-down leadership model under new head coach Steve Nash. On KD's podcast, The Etceteras, Irving said, I don't see us having a head coach. KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach some days. Durant followed up by agreeing with Irving, calling it a collaborative effort. And naming assistant former interim head coach Jacques Vaughn as someone who could fill the role on any given day. Is this all going to blow up, PK? There's probably some truth to this well, with all Irving, stars, it, but... If- if Kyrie played football, he'd clearly be a receiver because he <laughs> is a big-time diva, man. I mean, in saying that, uh, you know, now he's got somebody who can he can pass the MF and ball to or whatever he said. I can defer. Seconds, they can make a shot. I mean, you played with LeBron there, buddy. You played with halfway decent players in Boston. Uh, just it's one thing after another with him, which is surprising, you know. Most of those Duke guys are pretty low-maintenance, but... Because usually, you know, to get into Duke, you got to have a level of intelligence about you, and you got to have a good, uh, good foundation. And uh, boy, he just turned into a trauma queen here. I mean, if I'm Steve Nash, you've undercut me before we even rolled out the ball once. Yep. Ought to be entertaining. Maybe there'll be a meltdown there. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The pitch is in the air, deep towards right field. Fowler going back onto the warning track, looking up, gonna go! He did it again! Fernando Tatis Jr. with his second home run in his many innings. Here's the 2-1. Myers swings, stings it out to deep center field. Bader's going back. Bader's at the wall. Bader leaps, gonna go! He did it again! Tatis has two. Myers has two. What a night! And what a shot by Will Myers! Five homers for the Padres at warning track power we were talking about yesterday. Uh, different day, and the ball starts flying over the fence. And another poor starting pitching performance, but they give up four runs in the first two innings, and they overcome it, and they come back and win 11-9. Five home runs in the game. Manny Machado also went deep, plus both the guys you heard there hit a couple of home runs, so the Padres force a dramatic game three with the Cardinals today, PK. That's exciting, yeah, for sure. It was an exciting game. The Cardinals kept uh, kept scoring two, two in the sixth and two in the eighth to keep things interesting. Now, while that threw the whole pitching and defense equation out the window, there were other games where pitching and defense still mattered. How about the Dodgers? Clayton Kershaw. That looked like regular season Clayton Kershaw. I know Dodgers fans cringe wondering if he's going to have another bad postseason outing. I think he's gotten better over the course of his career, and he was great last night. 
13 strikeouts. The Dodgers shut the Brewers out 3-0. That was, that was awesome. They're on to the next round. Yeah, I think Kershaw, is, uh, when he stumbled, has been later in the postseason, not early. So it's more about uh, when you get to the World Series or you get to the, 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 the conference or a uh, league final, I should say, rather than this early. But, yeah, he was brilliant. The curveball was dropping three feet. and guys couldn't touch it. Pitching and defense over the long-term wins, there's, there's oddities. You know, for the Padres, it doesn't bode well, even if they were to win tonight. Uh, if, if you've got to score that many runs, you're probably not going to succeed in the postseason very long, uh, if that's the requirement. But, you know, you can get games, and they've got great players that can do that stuff. So I would still go more with the pitching and defense, and that's what Kershaw did, and uh, they move on. You know, pressure's on for this man because he's under the microscope so much. Because I don't know that we've ever had a player who's been this good, but yet this bad. Uh, so now he gets another opportunity to do it. And so we'll see as, uh, as they move on. Right? The, the National League is uh, set up except for uh, this game tonight. Yes, the Dodgers are waiting for the winner of the Padres and the Cardinals. Well, the, the Miami-Chicago is not done because they had the weather issue. They didn't play yesterday. Uh, but the Braves are waiting for him. The Braves beat the Red to get Reds again. Uh, pitching and defense, the Reds only got two hits and they get shut out five to nothing. And Atlanta didn't give in anything. Played uh, played error free ball, and so Atlanta completes their two game sweep with a yeah, couple Reds of shutouts. Literally did not score. No, run. they didn't. And you know, I watched that in that game during the day, and they got that place outside the stadium, and they've got what are they dozens or hundreds of fans, but they can't go in. Kind of crazy. Uh, Athletics also won. They advanced in the American League. They beat the White Sox 6-4. to four. So Oakland wins a playoff series. It's been a long drought for them, but they are they are on to the division series. So Today it's Marlins and Cubs. Game two because of the rain, and they're going to play at noon on ABC. Cardinals and Padres, the decisive third game at 5 o'clock on ESPN. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL in action Sunday. They face LAFC Rio Tinto Stadium at 7.30. Bunch of uh, COVID uh, pandemic bizarro things here. They're playing them for a second time, but neither game is in LA. They're going to be playing without Albert Rusnak. He's going with the uh, national team, and he's got a quarantine there and quarantine back. And MLS is playing through the international date, so he's going to end up missing six of the next nine games. Yeah, I, I feel bad for your coach. He's trying to keep his job, yep. trying to win, and yep. somebody from Yugoslavia takes him. Slovakia. Or some competition that no RSL fan could possibly give a crap about. This makes no sense to me how they do it. It just screams, this isn't big enough, this isn't important enough. I mean, we'd never do that in American sports. No, if you're in uh, if you're in England or Germany or Italy or Spain or wherever, uh, when you hit the international date, you start playing. That's why they schedule international dates and the and the clubs stop. But and MLS had originally not done that, and they'd started stopping. But in the pandemic year, they are plowing through, playing twice a week, trying to get in as many games as possible. So, and then what mean, are they playing Sunday night for? What an awful time! Yeah, I don't know why so many games have been moved to Sunday. I assume it's because they have um, they don't have a midweek game coming up, so it's one more day of recovery coming off the last game. 
Uh, because but why uh, not like two o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know. There's a there's a lot of Sunday games. I think uh, I think RSL is playing four Sunday games the rest of the year out of the final final nine. So there, there's a lot of Sundays. Fine, we're playing at two o'clock in the afternoon. Sunday night's a tough night. Yeah. Well, now they're not trying to sell tickets. Maybe they figure people at home watch the TV. I really, I don't know the logic. And and people at RSL, I've asked about it. They're like, yeah, I don't know what the league's thinking here. So, but that's what it is. Seven thirty. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network Analyst, Oakland Raider Analyst. You hear him on the broadcast right here on our station. He's going to join us to talk some football at 8.30. And Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune and Blue Turf Sports. BJ Reigns is going to be here at 9 o'clock talk about playing the Cougars and the Aggies. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. The Mountain West. Why do you think they're able to go earlier than the Pac-12? Well, it's a bit puzzling. The Pac-12 is following the NCAA recommendations that you need six weeks of ramp up, and that's why they're not starting until November 7th. San Jose State is literally driving five and a half hours away to another college to be able to start practicing for a game that is in 23 days. I'm a little worried, to be honest. If their players aren't in game shape and they go to play an actual football game, I think there's a risk of injury. But as we've seen throughout this, every conference has their own medical advisors. We all have different recommendations. Apparently, they think this is enough time to prepare for a game. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Game night. BYU's playing tonight. So, you expect BYU to win. They've rolled two teams so far. Just dominated. How many are they going to win by tonight? Another blowout? Another... Complete annihilation? Some outrageous number? What is going to happen? Looking for your predictions now. It's up on uh, Facebook, and we're getting answers that are uh, all over the map. There's some haters out there, PK. Are you stunned? Haters on whom? On BYU. How many will they win by? And uh, the numbers, you know, Robert thinks they're going to win by 30. Mark thinks they're going to win by 35. Brent thinks they're going to win by 42. And John says, minus 35. Louisiana Tech is going to come in and steamroll BYU. Wow. I'm Blow their doors off. <laughs> Ooh, man. I don't, I don't see BYU losing by 35 tonight. I'll, I'll take no. that bet. I'm not a big gambler, but I'm taking that bet. So you're making some kind of predictions. Well, you don't have to gamble at all. You can make all sorts of predictions. There's no consequence. Yep. So, Yach, what is DJ looking into? Oh, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll just, crystal balls. Look at your crystal balls. <laughs> see, you think that's dirty, but there's one guy who can see the future in Provo, and there's one in Draper, 
And there's one in Farmington, and that's three. What happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you go for that drop. David went for another drop. He says, tonight, magic happens. In what way? He doesn't, he doesn't explain. Uh, I don't know if he thinks that BYU gets upset or if he thinks BYU actually wins by 100 points, and it's just unbelievable. Well, yeah, but actually if they win big, that's not magic. Magic is the unpredictable, something you didn't see, you didn't expect, right? That's yeah, well, when you're a 24-point favorite, pretty much all the Vegas gamblers are saying, yep, BYU's rolling. So yeah, it's, hard, exactly. it's hard for BYU. The expectations are so high. The bar is so high. It's hard to do something really impressive and crazy. Oh, I think you can do stuff impressive, but the doesn't impressive doesn't always imply unusual, or I didn't see that coming. I mean, Tatis hits two home runs last night. That's impressive, but it's not mind not outrageous for a guy of his talent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the kid's an enormous talent. I told you about it. Uh, I, saw, I first saw him in a, a spring training game. In uh, March of 2018, and this kid was unbelievable and yeah. enthusiasm. And in a spring training game, it just jumped off the page. Just, as I sat in the stands, you could just see it. And that was before he even played one big league game. And and so it's not that's not unusual. I mean, it's a ver- but it's nevertheless it's very very impressive. So I think you can have impressive without having unusual. So I think magic the Cougars- uh, happens. <laughs> Who's that? That sounded like Robert and I. That's Robert and I. Did, I didn't know where that, that drop existed. I just I hit, hit it one more time. I want to hear that again. Magic uh, happens. <laughs> yeah, that totally sounds like Magic, uh, uh, Robert and happens. I. Is he being ironic? Is he being funny? I'd like to hear the whole conversation now. Which, Magic happens. You know, Robert didn't show that to a lot of folks. But he had it. He did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had. Uh, for some reason, he liked me. I, I don't know why. Because he was a gruff, grumpy dude who had sandpaper for a personality. (laughs) And game recognizes game, my man. (laughs) DJ, he's okay, but he's too perky. Now, the PK guy over here, I get that guy. (laughs) Yeah. So I I got to see him a little bit different uh, multiple times out on the road. And then he was coaching from Arizona, and he played the Utes. He, He came up to me. Uh, chatted up, chatted him up a little bit when he was what was he spent two years in Tucson, I think it was. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, you ask good questions and you listen to the answers and then you quote them accurately and he appreciates those three things. That's probably what it comes down to. It's probably not very complicated. He's never going to call you Tweedledee or Tweedledum like he did to certain other media <laughs> members in this market. Uh, yeah, he would give me insight and he taught me football too because those guys obviously they know more about it than I do. And so he taught me some football, taught me, made so He looked into his crystal balls, told me some stuff that, that came to pass. And so, anyway, I enjoyed being around Robert. And he's another guy, a reason to root for Virginia. Virginia is another guy that I like and want to see have success. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Clemson, but I still want them to see to have success. And Virginia doesn't really need to beat Clemson to have a successful season. Obviously, they want to, and they hope to aspire to get to that level. But I think the Cougars can most definitely be impressive without being surprising. In fact, we're to the point now where I really respect expected because I think that uh, what Aaron Roderick said 
that we played in What's Trending when we were going into BYU football. Speaking of the experience, speaking of the third year, coaches expect that. I told you that story several years ago with Donnie Daniels when John Stockton's son, I think he played, he played what, just a 10-day contract or whatever it was with the Jazz there at the end of the season a few years back. Mm-hmm. And he had really tra- he's just a real little dude. He transformed himself into a, a very, very nice player on a very good team. And I asked Donnie, and he looked at me, well, he's a fifth-year senior, what do you expect? And he just said it almost like dismissively. But it, and he said it in a way that, well, of course, you're, you're in the program this long. You've been paying attention, doing what you're supposed to do. When you're a fifth-year senior, you should be a whole lot better. You should be at your best. Well, with Zach Wilson, I don't know that he's at his best because I think the, you know, the, the, the phrase, the best is yet to come. But he is in his third year, and he's played all three years. And, he's, and, and I really believe the continuity of, of the Grime Dog and A-Rod have, has made a difference because everybody's together, there's they're, you're not learning new systems year after year. I mean, I think that that's what partially did in the Utes offensively for so long. Yes, is that every yes. year? I mean, Travis Wilson, I think, literally had four. The guys were changing all the time and try to find some continuity there. And I think we'll see that with the Utes. Uh, they, I don't, I, man. If they go, if they went six and one this year, that'd be awesome. If they go seven and zero. Oh, Kyle's the best coach in the league, and sign him up to a lifetime contract and refuse to let him quit because that would be sensational after all the guys that they lost off that team to NFL guys, no less. But the fact that you got Andy Ludwig there and he's back really gives me a level of comfort knowing that, I mean, Andy knows exactly what he's doing and it was, it was so impressive last year. So I expect Utah's offense maybe not to be as prolific, but I expect him to be functional and win some ball games this year. In large part, is because they're return returning everybody. Right? Did they? I don't even think they lost a single coach. Uh, top of my head, I'm trying to run through the, the their whole staff. So I think that matters, particularly at the top on the offensive side, and you've got that at the top. The top two dogs who run that offense are Grimes and A-Rod, and they're both back. I think it it matters on defense. It just matters more on offense. I I agree with you. defensively, one or two great athletes can blow up a play and make a defense look great. Yeah. Because they just win their matchup. They go sack the quarterback. It looks great. Now, somebody could be blowing coverage 25 yards downfield, but you don't see it because the quarterback's on his back. You know, now, now you still, there is, you know, there's teamwork and there's moving parts and everything's got to fit together. Eventually you'll get exposed defensively. But offensively, if you're not all together, you, you'll get exposed snap after snap. I mean, you've got to be on the same page on offense. One guy can't save you. Right, right, exactly. And A-Rod talking about how prior years, maybe Zach uh, was doing something that they hadn't planned, hadn't practiced, hadn't walked through, talked about, blah, blah, blah. Well, now through the two games, I mean, he's clearly looked really, really good. Dylan Colley, a, a kid I respect greatly for his football knowledge, you know, he came out two years ago after the bowl game and said that this kid's going to be one of the best, if not the best, in typical Scully fashion, saying exactly what you feel. And if you feel that way and you still feel that way, you don't back down from it. And we have Dylan on on Tuesdays, and he's not backing down from it. And Zach Wilson, I think, is going to get more attention I, because I think he's really good. I've always been a fan of his because people at the high school level told me before he got even close to blowing up at all that this kid was going to be really good. And guys I really, really trust and 
guys who know what they're talking about. And so I've seen that development. So I'm expecting the offense to roll again, particularly the, against La Tech when they've lost so many guys at the defensive backfield, including two pros. I mean, La Tech putting half of their defensive backs into the NFL is very impressive, I think. So they should be able to have a field day. That's what I'm expecting. I would think that the BYU offense keeps rolling on their 50-point-a-game pace. I think a lot of that, though, uh, you know, the whole 40, 50, 60 thing depends on how the BYU defense handles Louisiana Tech's offense. Because Tech scored a lot of points, and, you know, they switched quarterbacks midway through the first game. It looks like they got something going. And if, if they can, you know, hit on a couple big plays, have a drive or two, you know, if they get to – 20, 24, 28, whatever points, that gives the offense the okay to keep scoring. You know, you're not running it up. College football's so funky and, and points can come so quickly. When you have a three or four touchdown lead, you're not running it up. Now, when you have a six touchdown lead, now. That's only one more touchdown. You got to play, you got you to gotta start playing the backups, you know. But if you're up three touchdowns in the third quarter, you can go for it. You can leave your starters I, I, I in, think you can they air did it out. go for it. I think, I, I think they just they held back at the end. I mean, and I know Baylor Romney played the fourth quarter against uh, yeah. uh, who they played, uh, Drake, uh, Drake uh, Troy, <laughs> in the uh, last game. I know it was one name. I couldn't think of the name there for a second. But, I mean, Romney, I'm not sure. That there's that it, big a drop-off. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so, playing Romney, and, and Romney won the job. A lot of people want to think it's injuries to the other guy. Um, that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Romney won the job, and so he earned the position that he's got on the team. It wasn't by default. When you say won the job, you mean he won the backup job? Yes. Yes. He beat yeah. out Jaron Hall. Yes. Yeah, that's an important job. Uh, I mean, even though you don't get much playing time, it's still— But you might. That's why it's important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an important job there. And so my point is, when they put in Romney, I mean, they're expecting him to succeed— and, you know, maybe they're not doing trick plays and reverses. I get your point. Yeah. And so uh, it does stand to reason. Uh, but they did kneel. They could have probably scored a touchdown in each of the last two ball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they chose, which was the right thing to do, clearly. Right. I mean, you don't need to just go crazy on them and at the end of the game. But that's, that's right at the end. So uh, it bodes well for BYU's offense. I'm wondering if there's a lot of folks out there, because BYU's a lightning rod. They've always been a lightning rod, and maybe their their lightning rod isn't doesn't shine as bright as it used to, but it's still a lightning rod in the, in the Mountain West region, uh, not just the conference, but the region, right? And so I'm wondering if there's folks within our listening audience who are getting really bent out of shape, because BYU's getting a lot of love. Yeah. They're, they're getting as much love. Really, as I, they've yeah. had ever it, since they've gone independent, with maybe the exception of beating uh, uh, when Mangum came in and they beat Nebraska and Boise. You got three things going here. Uh, one, I think BYU legitimately has a really good team. Two, uh, they are playing uh, an obviously softer schedule than they have played in a long, long time. And three, they're the only team west of Texas playing football, and we got to watch and talk about something. Right, so you got those three things together, and I can just look at our Facebook page and tell us, oh yeah, there's some jealousy and some frustration out there. Aaron says everyone dissing BYU for not playing good opponents are jealous because their team can't make the field. <laughs> Grayson says if BYU played their original schedule, they'd be getting destroyed. This season's results are a joke. <laughs> was that what you were wondering if it was out there, PK? Because here it is, right in front of me. 
<laughs> and the thing That's I appreciate Grayson. is that on Twitter, I mean, yeah. you could put your name on Twitter, but most people don't. They put something I do funky. I know. You and I do, but most people, you know, don't. But on Facebook, they don't. They tend to use their real names on Facebook, right? They want What's people the to find yeah. them and all that. Yeah. So Grayson's name is right on that. You know, uh, he thinks they'd be getting destroyed on their original schedule, and the results are a joke. I don't think they'd get destroyed on their original schedule because they didn't get destroyed on their original schedule last year. Ah, uh, Washington beat them up pretty good. Okay, you're right. That game they got destroyed. But the season, they weren't destroyed. You know, they beat Boise State, they beat Tennessee, they beat USC. Most weeks... Well, I think Utah beat them up pretty good, too. I, I totally agree with that. I thought that game was over uh, third quarter. You knew who was going to win that so game. So that's five games and two that's whipped two, them up pretty good. Two games, right. Two well, games. That's almost half their games then, though. But three of what we consider their big games, they won. So I just don't think they'd be getting destroyed this year. I mean, in any one yeah, game, but they got yes. destroyed last year, though. In any one game, you can get destroyed. But as a season, they did not get destroyed. They were wildly inconsistent. They were up and down. And once they had injuries, you know, they didn't have the depth they needed. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a compliment, though. Right, but this team's better than that one, I think, because they're third-year guys and those were second-year guys. I can't argue that. Right. But I don't think they got... Yes, in one game or in two games, I can say they got destroyed these weeks. And I can say they totally just... Yeah, but that's com- a lot, though. Okay, that's, when, you, when I point. hear you got destroyed, I don't think you're seven and six. I, I'm looking at the season. Seven and six, uh, they did not yeah, get destroyed I mean, by that schedule. Nor did they get destroyed by this schedule. That doesn't mean that in any given one week, someone wouldn't be able to dominate them. You know, because we yeah. don't know how good these other teams are. I mean... Yeah, I'm not. I, if you get worked in two games, because you look at their schedule, they should. Tom said I can get you ten wins, mm-hmm. and I'm, but I'm not going to do it. Meaning I'm not going to cream puff it, which is absolutely the right thing to do. And we both agree with with their athletic director 100. percent And but at the same time, he's going to get you five wins. Right. Mm-hmm. But even if you just want to look at those five games last year, they were three and two. Big picture, that's competitive. And granted, the two losses, they were decisive. They, they I don't were, know, man. If you get worked at two of your games and you play so many cream puffs, I don't really yeah, think Yeah, but you're ignoring the fact, that you're, the fact that you're three and two in the, in the big five. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not at all. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not at all. That's what I expect BYU to do. I'm not ignoring it. What I don't expect is that they were non-competitive in two of the five. That's you, dis- by their own acknowledgement, that's disappointing. Right. But I would still say that that was a mediocre team. I don't think it was a bad team that routinely got destroyed. And I agree, they were not about to win the Utah-Washington games. They got beat. Thoroughly. But yeah, still, if I still think that that team was mediocre, but because they're bringing almost everybody back, and they unfortunately they lost Bushman to the injury. I mean, it hasn't mattered in the first two games, but against whatever high-end opponents might be out there, it would matter. Um, you know, they, they bring back a good chunk of that team, and now they look like they're really good. Now, how good? We can, we're, just, we're just guessing now. I'm glad they're playing that Boise State game. I hope they get a couple more good games at the end of the year, whether that's Army or you, San Diego State or somebody else they're able to find, uh, you know, the bowl game, whoever. If you bring back a mediocre team, somehow they're supposed to be better because time passed? They're not always, but in this case, I think they are. 
And you're right, bringing back a mediocre team can lead to another mediocre season. We can go look up records and find teams that, uh, well, that's really your complaint about the Sun Devils, is that they largely follow up a mediocre season with a mediocre season. They don't get destroyed. Your Devils don't do 2-10 and 10 or 3-9 and nine very often. And once every five years, they have a 9- or 10-win season, but then they string together three or four mediocre ones. Yeah, they're a mediocre program. Right. I mean, I think that's uh, yeah. Herm Edwards or whomever. The only guy who wasn't was Cush. May God rest his soul in the highest level of heavens. This is where Frank belongs, of course. There's two Franks in my life. Well, three if you count Layden. And, uh, <laughs> I think Frank Layden would like to be counted, so I think you need to go with three. <laughs> and when Frank Sinatra died, well, for a long time, his last wife, it's Barbara, so you had Frank and Barbara, which is what Frank Frank Layton and Barbara, right, yeah. It's very, 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 very strange. And the best man at my wedding, his parents' name were Hilda and Warren, and a longtime college roommate that I had, uh, just call him, let's say Wayne, his parents were named Hilda and Warren. How freaky is that? That is freaky. <laughs> I told you I know two couples named Dave and Wanda, and unfortunately one of the Wandas has now passed away, but knew her for a long time. So that, I always thought that was weird. But I think you probably have a weirder comment. D- Dave's a more, David is more a traditional name. It is. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Well, Frank and Barbara, I mean, those are pretty mainstream names too. And my best buddy in high school, his name, his parents were Jack and Norma. Which is what the wonder your parents Right, are. yes, classic. <laughs> you know, Frank and Barbara are pretty mainstream names, but I don't think there's many kids. Are there many second graders running around Frank and Barbara? There was a generation where now? Frank and Barbara were mainstream, but I don't think we have many no. Frank and Barbaras running around now. Ethan no. Tanner and Frank is a solid. Hello. Frank is a solid underrated name. Frank. When you're named Frank, you're always a man. You know, Riley Jensen likes, what is it, Sterling and... Ethan and Ethan, Tanner. Tanner and Sterling. Okay, well, he basically makes it sound like they're soft. Mm-hmm. But there is nobody named Frank who's soft. Nobody. DJ and PK, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders analyst, Pac-12 Network, is going to join us at 8.30 for more football right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. ESPN loves to put up the pictures of Drew Brees. And look, Zach Wilson took a picture with Drew Brees and would drive out and spend time with John Beck. And John Beck's really helping him. You know, spending a couple hours or a couple of days, I I know it can be influential. And it can help the mental ability and maybe the confidence of Zach. Let's not forget, Zach's great because of the commitment he's making to the game. But when we're talking about who's having influence and who's helping his game direct and, and advance, you can't go further than Aaron Roderick. Aaron Roderick's got the most impact. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. BYU's playing tonight. They're playing Louisiana Tech. There have been two blowouts. Louisiana Tech has given up 34 points a game, 397 yards a game through two games. So BYU's offense, I've always seen the first two weeks, they ought to roll again. Against, they will. Against Louisiana Tech, BYU will win by dot, dot, dot. What are you thinking? Where are you taking these predictions? 37. 
37 is the magic number. What is that? It's a 37 point spread. Give me something. Uh, 30, nothing. 54 to 17. 54 to 17. That's a lot of points to be scoring three ball games in a row. I know, right? I don't think the defense has scored any, have they? Top of my head? No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's just the defense has just been, we'll shut you down. Three and out. Call it yeah. good. Yeah. And the offense has been, well, we'll just move the ball on you. It's not like I mean the both both units have complemented one another, but it's not like the offense put the defense in a bad position or the defense has put the offense in a great position. But they've but they've both done their jobs at a very very high level, which is obviously what you need to do, and so that has been something that should be expected. I see no reason to think otherwise. I mean Brian Keel, yesterday. Uh, talking about how we have him on our show, and he was saying that he expects BYU to go undefeated, and if they didn't, they'd drop the ball. Now, that was before the Boise game was officially scheduled, but we all knew that it was going to be scheduled, so it was no surprise on that whatsoever. It just, obviously, it needed to be played. It's the right thing to do for everybody involved, and it really gives uh, the winner of that game, even though Boise's just barely getting started, it gives a winner in that game. I think it gives it the, the season credibility. Now, the programs already have credibility. Boise doesn't need to win the game to have program credibility because it already has it. But season credibility, I think it does. And so Boise right now should turn into the biggest BYU fans on the planet to have them really continue, not just win, but roll the way they've been doing. And it's all a cumulative effect. And Boise, in a sense, needs Navy to play really well. <laughs> Couldn't hurt, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so all that stuff. You know, Alabama and those guys in Ohio State, they don't need that. Nope. That just, that just you got that matter. brand name if you win, you're it. Yeah. But everybody yeah. else has to explain right. how they're it. You know, UCF can go undefeated, but they still have to explain why they're it. Right, exactly. But once you yeah. get into the Power Five, if you're undefeated, you don't have to explain it anymore. Right. That's just, that's just the... The reality of the situation, I can't disagree at all. And that, and that, even if it's not entirely justified or not entirely fair, but I hate the word fair uh, because <laughs> once you introduce fairness, uh, the word fair, you're automatically introducing unfairness, and so it's not equitable. So, but nevertheless, that there's all sorts of advantages that way. The rest of us, we have to scratch and claw and that puts Boise and BYU in that situation for any type of uh, national respect so seasonally that's a huge game but I do expect the Cougars to roll absolutely I expect them to roll tonight and I don't have their schedule memorized that uh, who they're playing down the line I know they got Houston in what uh, two but they got they got UTSA uh, and they ought to roll in that and then yeah. they go to Houston and Houston hasn't played a game yet and will only play one game if Maybe. that right <laughs> Yeah. Houston has a bye this week, so we can't even watch them. They're they're off this week. Yeah. So, but I expect them to win that ball game too, actually. And I'm really, I don't know, I know jack about Houston, but I'm just going on rep that they usually have a decent team, and you know they had a great lineman last year and blah blah blah. So uh, I know that, uh, but I'm still expecting them to win to set up that Boise game. That Boise game, in my mind, I've. Maybe I'm romanticizing it, but I expect the game to be really good and be somewhat of a showdown. Even well, boys, that would be that that would be their third game, right? Is that how it would play out? That'd be their third game. Uh, yes, correct. That Utah would be State, Air Force, then BYU. Uh, so BYU yeah. ought to come in two and zero. Oh. 
or excuse me, Boise State Boise coming into the BYU over. game two and zero. And how many were the Cougars? They'll be favored about those games. The Cougars have played uh, six. That will have been. That'd be the seventh game coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they would. Yeah. I expect them to be six and zero. So no, I expect they'll be seven and zero. Seven and zero. Seven and zero. Don't do math on the air. Exactly. Well, I was putting. I was putting uh, one game postponed. I don't know which one. <laughs> okay, so you're just playing. You're affording them one in <laughs> playing there. the odds. No, I didn't know. Yeah, that, I didn't that know was, how many games they played. That was interesting because Kyle Whittingham talked yesterday, and he went right to that. He said, "Yeah, well, we've got seven games, and it'll be great if we play. It will be. I think he used the word ecstatic. But we'll if we play see, all seven games, we'll see. and he says, if the league, and then he went from beyond the youth to the league. He said, maybe that's when he used ecstatic. If the league can get through it, yeah, be, oh, yeah because no that's doubt. just you, know, you look from uh, the, in the bubble. That's different, right? But for the 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 leagues that aren't playing in the bubble, we saw the Marlins and the uh, Cardinals, right? Got got shut yeah, way down. back when, and now we've seen Pittsburgh, well, even and Philadelphia, because the Cardinals were connected and blah yeah. blah blah. It was all kind of yeah. you were yeah. team contract tracing now, so that was that was kind of funky, and that's what Herm has been saying because he everybody loves Herm, so he just uh, he can do national interviews all day long if he wanted to, and so they go to him, and he's you know he's charismatic and all that stuff we understand that and he's been saying because they ask him well how could you be in the playoff when you only play this amount of games and the other leagues are playing two more or whatever they are and he says well wait a second how do we know who's playing what we don't so that sounds good right now but we don't know how many they're going to play and so he's been hitting that hard and kyle talked about that too yeah if they can if we can get through it all that's that's why this year I don't know that I'm going to crack on anybody for winning or losing or praise anybody ridiculously for winning. It's just the victory is just going to be in the games played. Well, except, for Ari- yeah. except for Arizona, which I want them to go to 0-7. <laughs> Please play every week. Oh, and whatever. Yeah. Arizona looks like they have a bad team. You know, that will be interesting with, with the way they're breaking down the Pac-12 schedule. The Utes, you, know, you don't expect them to have a big uh, season because they're replacing so many guys. But if you're playing six games, isn't it pretty easy to assume right now they're going to be favored in at least four and maybe five of them? Oh, I'm predicting five and one, and, and we'll know the schedule tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, I see no reason why they don't go five and one. Arizona, Colorado, UCLA, heavy favorites there. Assuming that they're going to be given a crossover game, if they're going to make the top half of the league play the bottom half of the league, right? You know, so I'm assuming a win there. Favored in there. I'm I'm assuming a split between SC and ASU. Right. Win one of those and lose the other. That that's yeah. That's how I arrived to my five. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. More football coming up. BJ Reigns, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune and Blue Turf Sports, is here at nine o'clock. Lincoln Kennedy to talk Raiders and Pac-12 at eight thirty. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.